band in high in high school. That was just me and a vocalist. I played guitar. And I was had, is this the uh, brutally honest? No, it was after that. It was called uh, Sarah okay. Larson. Ah, yes, Sarah Larson. <laughs> I, 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 like, I was I was I think I was listening to you were on the demo team podcast and you talked about Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a couple of videos on YouTube from that. It's just crazy. It's like seems like a whole like world ago. Just like mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was like 2006, probably. Ooh, good old yeah. 2006, a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> really was. <laughs> All right, yeah. so uh, we've kind of um, we. This is normally what we do is we normally talk a little bit and just bullshit a little bit to kind of break the ice, especially because we'll have people that we've never really met before, and so it's always really unsettling to be like, okay, we're gonna record now. Now be yourself, and a lot of especially. <laughs> Especially the people who aren't used to having microphones in their face. They're like, uh, what do I, what do I talk into it like this? And like, no, just relax. <laughs> Are the okay. AirPods okay? Like, is the audio good from the AirPods? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah cool. it, it sounds good. All right. All right. So let's, uh, I'm going to open up the show. Welcome to the Tune Junkies podcast. My name is Chris and I am here today with somebody whose music I've been fawning over for the past several years, Ben Rosette. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you. Appreciate it. So the first question we like to ask here on the Tune Junkies podcast is, if I were talking to the high school edition of you, what band shirt would you be wearing? Oh, man. I'd probably be wearing a Norma Jean or Under Oath or like Fall of Troy shirt. (laughs) Oh, my God. Those are all all perfect answers. (laughs) I was going to tell you that you could have been brutally honest in case you were repping your own merch back in high school. I don't even know if I ever if we ever had any shirts made for that band. I don't I don't think we had any merch. Like it was yeah, we were like fifteen. So. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel I don't think many high schoolers are like, bro, let's 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 get some merch. We did have like little pins, like enamel oh, pins. Yeah, I forget like someone made them for us or something. But yeah, yeah. we had that's like all we had. <laughs> we had like. We had like burned like CDs, like yep, yep. The extent of our merch line was burnt CDs and pins. That sounds yeah, exactly. about right. <laughs> um, so that's actually not the first question we ask. Normally we do a funny question at first, but I was uh my my co-host who's normally the uh, uh funny one, he isn't here, so I had to f- figure out something. The first question we actually like to ask is, what was your first experience with live music? Whether it was a local show, a concert, a festival, a lot of people in our area say church. A lot of church bands were their first exposure. Yeah, I mean, I I did grow up in church, so I used to you know, see live music every mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, but as far as like concerts, I mean, I'm trying to remember like that far back. Like it might have been like a battle of the bands kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that i have some early memories of that and just like that's where you would see local bands at the battle of the bands you know and like and then eventually i did start going to shows and i was like i was probably i don't know 14 15 16 around there Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean there was like some local venues that i would go to and but yeah i don't i can't really recall like any of the bands I i didn't have like experience where it was like oh yeah my parents took me to go see you know some huge band or like right. i never really had that um yeah so <laughs> kind of 
butchered that question. No, you're good. You're good. I, uh, I'm kind of jealous. I've never been to a battle of bands. And I think the first time I ever really even saw the idea of a battle of bands is, I don't know if I'm ready to admit this, but I'm pretty sure it was school of rock. I think that was the first time I ever <laughs> saw the idea of a, a battle of bands. I'm like, bro, I yeah. want to go to one of these. I feel like they were pretty popular back in the day. I mean, I think I was probably in middle school or something. I mean, mm-hmm. it was probably like 2002, 2001, like mm-hmm. when I first saw something like that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I got into the live music game way too late, man. Way too late. And I missed out. Our area was like, so I, we're, I'm in Indiana. So like okay. the South Bend area and a, like, so some of the older people in our scene say that there was a golden era where it was like we had Devil Wears Prada coming through all the time and uh, Norma Jean and uh, uh, Haste the Day, like all these big yeah. neighbors that were coming through. And I'm like, God damn it. I always I miss everything cool all the time. Dude, I feel the same way. Like I was just going to say, like we kind of had like just growing up, like when I started getting into the hardcore scene, metal scene when I was like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, like the scene was like I felt like it was thriving you know there were shows every weekend just like it was like this hardcore metalcore like family of like yep. scene kids who always went out to these shows and you knew everybody and like they mm-hmm. had bands and stuff and I don't know I don't really feel that anymore with like you know yeah I, I think it had I think it was like a bubble and like it was like yeah. 2002 to like 2009 maybe and just fucking yeah pop also like social media wasn't huge i mean there was myspace but it was like kind of a different experience and like yeah, yeah, yeah. people still like went out to shows and like you know interacted with other like kids in the community and stuff mm-hmm. and like yeah it was just a different time <laughs> i'm in this uh facebook group called the myspace revival that just they i just, am too yeah. are you really yeah <laughs> they're always talking about like fall of troy and i set my friends yeah. on fire i'm like man there were so I, many bands that I discovered on MySpace. I mean, Dance mm-hmm. Gavin Dance being one of them. Yep. Um, and just so many other weird, quirky bands that no one's ever heard of and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah. I still have like an old hard drive with just music that I downloaded during that time, like HXCMP3.com. Yeah. Like Kazaa, LimeWire, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just find all these like random little grindcore bands from like, <laughs> yep. I don't know, wherever. Like, I've been, uh, I think it was on that MySpace revival page. Somebody was like, somebody needs to make a, uh, now that's what I call MySpace and just have all these old early 2000s metal bands. I'm like, bro, I would, I would buy so many copies of that. That's a good idea, actually. (laughs) And so I love that idea. All right. So, oh, all the notes scroll all the way about them. So let's live in South Bend because I live in Bend, Oregon. I know. I saw that and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm the Southern part. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Oregon, I heard uh, not too long ago, your, was it, I think it was Oregon, that you guys decriminalized drugs? Or was it, am I thinking I think, of Washington? I think, uh, no, I think that just happened in Oregon recently. Like, they legalized, like, psychedelics for, like, medis. I think it's just, I don't know if it's, like, for every, like, no matter what, or if it's mm-hmm. only for, like, medicinal kind of yeah. therapeutic stuff. Or Yeah, I don't know. I could only dream that Indiana would one day be that progressive to be like, hey, we're going to yeah. decriminalize it and just focus our money on rehabilitation. Yeah. But it's going to happen one day. I, I believe that. Like, I think every state eventually will get there. 
Eventually, uh, Indiana got Sunday liquor sales like two years ago, so we're <laughs> we're way behind. I know that is crazy. Like when we first started touring, like I didn't realize that in different states, like the laws are so different and stuff. And there would be like some night or like a Sunday night or whatever, like you couldn't get any like alcohol anywhere. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Crazy. We, yeah. Good old Indiana. <laughs> so let's take it back all the way to the beginning. When did you decide to pick up your guitar? It was actually at uh, a summer camp that I went to and I was 10 years old. I think uh, I think it was like either 99 or 2000. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was at a summer camp. Like I had taken piano lessons before that for my, my parents. My parents are both musicians. Um, but yeah, I, I hated it. Like I just didn't want <laughs> to learn how to read music and play piano. And it was just like, I don't like at the time, it was just like the dumbest songs, you know, like it wasn't <laughs> Yeah, um, they're so not asking think, you to learn how to play Metallica or anything. They're just like, <laughs> "Hey, learn a joy to the world." Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until I was ten. I went to summer camp, and there was this guy. Like, I walked in this building, and there was one of the counselors like playing a guitar. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember like I think I just sat next to him, and then he was like, "Oh, you want to learn how like how to play the blues or something, or like some chords?" Mm-hmm. So then he taught me like three or four chords or something like that, and ever since then i was hooked it was just like this is my instrument like it was just a tool that i could like write cool stuff on you Mm -hmm. know and i started i never like learned other people's stuff really like some people get into guitar and they start like covering people's songs right i never did that i just wanted to like come up with my own weird things yeah yeah i think it's really cool that blues kind of set it off for you because i'm a i'm a big blues guy i love i love blues um yeah when did you uh, pick up uh, drums? When did that happen? That happened uh, a few years later because I, I was in an early band with one of my best friends. Um, pretty soon after I started playing guitar, I mean it was like pretty basic stuff. Um, but I, this guy came over one time when we were jamming, and he had this little unit that was like a recording, a digital recording unit with like eight tracks on it. Yeah. And I saw that and I was just like, wow. Like, I remember it just like sparked like a passion. Like, I don't know. I was just like, wow, this is so cool. You can like layer tracks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, uh, so yeah. I mean, uh, I think it was like a few months later or something. Like, I begged my parents to like get me a little recorder mm-hmm. and they got me the same exact one. And then ever since then, I started recording and then I needed. Like I would record guitar and then I needed a drum track. So um, my parents actually got me a drum set for Christmas. And then I just started trying to play drums. <laughs> I was <laughs> oh, probably there's... like 13 or 14. Um, and yeah, I never took lessons or anything. I, I kind of naturally had some rhythm, but I wasn't mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, but over the years, when you're, when you're consistently just trying to record yourself and like follow click, mm-hmm. you suck at first, but then slowly you get better and so. stuff. Yeah. That's a, that's an applicable thing to every aspect of your life. You're going to suck at first, but you'll get there. <laughs> exactly. Also, if you don't try, you won't get better, you know. Yep. I also want to give a shout out to your parents for buying the exact thing that you wanted. Normally I know. <laughs> normally, <laughs> normally like, "Oh, you wanted this thing? Well, we found something that's like that, so yeah. this will do." It's like, "That's not the one I wanted." I know. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, then like, I remember just coming home from school every day and I would just like try to record stuff like mm-hmm. every day. I was like, sometimes 
friends home from school and we would just make like funny songs and just like mess <laughs> yes. around just like make mm-hmm. i still have like a lot of my old recordings too and they're so stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the dumb childish things are never as funny many years down the road but it's like you know hindsight is for or <laughs> i was gonna say hindsight is 20 hindsight is 420 um (laughs) you look back and you realize like all that was like a learning experience you know like i didn't realize i was like training myself for like one day like doing what i do now which is Mm -hmm. just producing music and it's like i was just like training and training and training Mm -hmm. you know while having fun and stuff but it's like you didn't realize you were learning all these things you need to learn you know right um, you had said that your parents are both musicians. Uh, did that, did that have a big effect on you? Or is that one of those things where like my parents do this thing and I don't want to be that? <laughs> um, I mean, it definitely, they influenced me for sure. Cause like, I'd say I, I come from a musical family, like mm-hmm. every one of my siblings and my parents, they either play an instrument or sing. Um, oh, wow. and they're, I mean, I'm probably the one that like sings the worst like i can't really, <laughs> like i can like i have pitch i can i could sing if i really tried but like my siblings are way better singers than i am mm-hmm. um but i'm the only one who kind of like took the whole music thing um on an instrument just like you know professionally right um my dad's a doctor and my mom still like plays piano for like um like theatrical okay. stuff like um but yeah, and then all my other siblings, like they're not doing music like like full time or like, you know, professionally. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, I was around music growing up, like we would have little jam, jam sessions and stuff and mm-hmm. of course going to church every Sunday. And, and then eventually I was playing like on the worship team growing up, you know, I was probably mm-hmm. like, I don't know, um, early teens when I was like playing every Sunday, like drums for the worship yeah. team. Um, so yeah. Um, would you say that like, so from your, you're playing music at, uh, the worship team, um, is this before you start doing like your high school bands or is this at the same time? I think, yeah, I, I was playing drums on the worship team, like before, before high school and like before I was in any bands or anything. Mm-hmm. So my first real experience of like playing you know, in front of people with other musicians and just getting that experience. It was a, I mean, it was definitely a good learning experience. Yeah. Um, so then with the experience of your high school bands, um, how did you, was, uh, is strawberry, bleh, strawberry girls, your first, like your first, uh, endeavor of like, this is, I'm going to do professionally. Like everything else was kind of for fun, just kind of learning the ropes and strawberry girls was your, this is this is my truck that I'm gonna take. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I was always very serious about. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll say like I was always very serious. Like the ser- definitely the serious one in in most projects. I would like mm-hmm. wanted to you know do something with it. Yeah. Uh, but like nothing ever panned out until Strawberry Girls. Like my first real band when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, brutally honest, like mm-hmm. I can that was like a real band to me, and like we played shows. Um, that was the first band I ever played shows with. Um, and that was and a hardcore band, right? It was like heavy, hardcore stuff. And then eventually like I got into the fall of Troy and I wanted to start like doing stuff like that. Yes. More melodic stuff. And the rest of my band wanted to just go like the complete opposite direction, like brutal mm-hmm. death, 
like breakdown <laughs> yeah, stuff, which yeah. I still like. I still liked that music, but I wanted to go in a different direction. Right. Um. And so actually, like, I got like let go from that band that I started. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, was, you got booted out of your own band. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was like, I mean, especially I was like fifteen or something, mm-hmm. um, or maybe sixteen. But yeah, it was just like it sucked. <laughs> like. <laughs> And they, they were still playing shows and like playing all my songs. I, I, I was a songwriter. Oh. I came up with all the ideas and I pretty much like orchestrated everybody. I was like, all right, you play this on the synth, you play mm-hmm. this on the drums, you play this on the bass, you know? Um, I just so, see yeah. you out in the crowd. Like that's my fucking music <laughs> and everything they're doing. <laughs> there was, there was an experience like that where like I was at a show and they, they were playing and they mm-hmm. were playing my songs. And I was just like, man, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine be like, bro, that sh- I should be up there. They're playing all my stuff. But that's when, so me and the vocalist of that band actually mm-hmm. started Sarah Larson. Okay. And that's when I was like trying to be like sky airplane. Yep. And you can find the videos on, uh, on YouTube. If you search like Sarah Larson band and Salinas or something, we played like a backyard show. There was oh, like a good crowd. The there were probably like 40 people, 50 people maybe. It was like, it was a dope show back in the day. And we're just Bro, like I, going. I love a good house show. I yeah. love a good house show. I miss them, dude. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so uh, if my research uh, was correct, uh, Strawberry Girls formed in 2010. Is that? We actually formed in 2011. Okay. And then. Yeah. I was also reading that uh, Strawberry Girls comes from a <clears throat> Susie and the Banshees song. It does, yeah. Um, so when we first started, we didn't have a name or anything. And then me and Zach were just jamming. And one night, um, I was actually hanging out with my other friend. And I don't know where Zach was, but he was texting me. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, let's try to like think of some band names. And I, I came up with some ideas. He came up with some ideas. And then eventually, um, he just texted Strawberry Girl. I was like, oh, that's, I really like that. That's sick. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why I liked it so much. I just thought Mm -hmm. it was cool. It was like different. And it was kind of like, I don't know if ironic is the right word or just like weird because there's, you know, no girls are part of the project. And it's just like kind of a fruity name, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Pun intended. But but I kind of liked it. Uh, And then we, I think we added the S, so Strawberry Girls. And um, yeah, it's from Susie and the Banshees. It's from their song chris christine or christina yes. i forget yeah and uh, then yeah. uh your debut release under tragic hero records was french ghetto yeah oh, so like we because yeah, we dropped we recorded the italian ghost ep um pretty soon after we formed in 2011 and then we mm-hmm. dropped it ourselves then we um recorded french ghetto and we actually released french ghetto ourselves okay and then that's when um tragic hero found out about us and then they like we pretty much like handed them over or uh, handed french ghetto over to them and then they mm-hmm. like released it uh, okay yeah so and i think i think that was in 2012 or 13 i forget i think we got signed at like maybe the end of 2012 and then they released it in 2013 uh, okay was uh, jumping into r- the recording of a label intimidating, or did it come by naturally? Um, wait, what do you mean exactly? Like, so you you guys hadn't been a band for a terribly long time before this yeah. label was like, yo, 
let us uh let's work together was that something that was like oh shit it's happening or it's like yeah we knew it we knew this was gonna happen it was something that i always wanted to happen you know like since i started playing guitar i had that dream like i just naturally had those like goals and dreams of like oh man i want to first i want to play shows then i want to record albums and i want to get signed and i want to go on tour like you just have all these like dreams that build up right and so yeah i mean once you know with strawberry girls i mean i had been playing music for a while um before that and then like that was the first opportunity where like a label wanted to sign us and right. yeah i was freaking out i was like <laughs> i was pretty excited you know it mm-hmm. seemed like stuff was happening right yeah. uh, but it was also like pretty natural too because like we talked to the owner of uh, tragic hero tommy mm-hmm. and he was just a super nice guy he talked to us on the phone and it just felt natural and he really loved our music and wanted to support us and like mm-hmm. help us out and yeah so it didn't feel like and he always let us have complete control like creative control he's like i don't want you guys to like i don't want to tell you what to do i don't want you to change anything Mm -hmm. do what you do and i'm going to help you you know put it out that's what we all like to hear um and then you said okay so it was a french ghetto and then italian ghosts italian Italian ghosts and then french ghetto okay um we re-released Italian Ghost later on. That's why it's kind of confusing. Ah, there we go. There's there's my mishap. <laughs> because our first EP sounded like crap. <laughs> <laughs> and that was because you guys record you guys did it yourself. Is that what? Yeah, like... I mean, I've recorded every Strawberry Girl song, mm-hmm. and you can hear the progression since 2011 right. to now. <laughs> it's like it's all just been me like learning how to get better at recording. Yep. And, I. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I had that same experience learning how to do this podcast stuff. I came into it and like, here's an idea. Let me just uh, fake it till I make it. And it took a year and a half yep. for me to figure out actually how, how I got it, how to, how it goes. Yeah. What is the writing process between uh, Strawberry Girls? Is everybody comes with their own thing. One person comes with like, here's a song. Here's what we're going to do. So it's kind of evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Like when we first started, I mean – I hit up Zach one day when I found out, you know, he had left Dance Gavin Dance and we were, we were neighbors. Like he lived right around the street from my parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we kind of knew each other growing up. And then once I found out he was back in town, I hit him up and I was like, Hey, you want to jam? Uh, so we ended up jamming and writing music. Like we wrote um, Black Knight Golden Circus, like that first jam. And then like, I think we just started jamming like every day after that because we were so stoked on it. And then we just mm-hmm. kept writing. Off. Then we immediately like started recording after that. So it was pretty quick. Um, yeah. Oh, you were asking, uh, sorry. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. you're good. <laughs> Bro, I have ADD. I, I get all over the place. Yeah. So, so when we first started writing, it was just like, you know, we were bouncing ideas off each other, just jamming, coming up with random stuff. And then, both giving each other input like you know i would tell zach like oh like try adding this chord or this note or whatever or coming up with some melody ideas or rhythm ideas and then he would like tell me to play certain beats or whatever so we would just kind of bounce ideas off each other but then now since we all live in different cities um it's kind of evolved where now zach just comes up with like tons of different ideas and sends mm-hmm. them to us and then we get to pick like our 10 favorite songs yeah. and then and then just record the. So. He's like, "Here's thirty bits. Let's uh, <laughs> let's Frankenstein a monster." Pretty much, like, 
Yeah, he made like 50 or 60 demos and then we picked oh, 10. Yeah, we picked 10 of them for Tasmanian Glow and then we still had a bunch left over that we still like, which is now going to be our new record that's going to come out uh, next year. Ooh, man, yeah. you guys are busy, busy, but I guess quarantine helps with that, doesn't it? Yeah, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I got nothing else to do. <laughs> um, so then uh, American Graffiti uh that's 2015 that's uh lots of features uh one of which is kurt travis um uh of a lot like birds formerly of dance gavin dance one of uh one of our listeners um had a question does doing the collab his name is brad i should probably mention that um does doing the collabs in strawberry girls keep things fresh and how do you decide on who to feature It's mainly based on just people that, you know, that we're friends with or that we know, Mm -hmm. like just connections that we have and have built over the years. And, um, yeah, I mean, like some of the song ideas will be a little more simple. So then we're like, oh, this could use vocals, you know? Right. Um, Like a chill song with not much going on instrumentally. Um, We're just like, oh, this lends itself to like having a vocalist on it. Right. Um, But, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think we also just wanted to branch out and just like get features to make it more interesting and just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Spice it up a little bit. It's always like a cool thing when like you have like a feature and it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. this person's like on the strawberry. I don't know. It was just like something cool that we wanted to try. And then I think we, we actually had a feature on our first EP. It was, um, Zach's friend, Gavin, um, uh, who was in, they were in a band together, like, when I was in Brutally Honest, Zach mm-hmm. was in a band called Astoria, which was like a local band. And um, we played shows together and stuff. And uh, Gavin was the vocalist. And he actually, what song? He, I think it's Little House in the Big Woods on our first EP. He like screamed. He like basically, we found a book in my garage and like he like, re- he just like yelled the words. Like it was like a poetry <laughs> book or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah. so that Whatever was like our works, first man yeah, that was our first feature and i think we actually had him on he's on agua verde too on french ghetto and um and then ever since then we're like you know we're more interested in getting different features and stuff and we had a bunch on french ghetto and american graffiti but then oh and um the newer italian ghost but then with tasmanian glow i kind of felt like it was kind of at a similar time when Chan dropped their album mm-hmm. and it didn't have like, it was just simple, like instrumental. Yeah. I don't even think there was any features on it at all. Um, I can't recall anything, <clears throat> but I could be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. It was like they're self-titled. And uh, so that kind of inspired me a little bit. I'm like, I just kind of want an album that's more just instrumental. We mm-hmm. had one feature on it and that was it. And um, yeah. I'm I'm happy with ta- how Tasmanian Glow turned out. Tasmanian Glow is a fucking bop, man. Let me tell you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in my notes, but I had pre-ordered it, and then I got it in the mail. Beautiful record. Beautiful record. And my buddy Brad, who we just uh, offered up that question, he got his in the mail, and it was all warped. Wonky. Uh, oh, so he posted Brad, it in Met- yeah. Metal and Core Collectors, and I was like, hey, man. I got you. Because he's like a huge Strawberry Girls fan. He fucking loves you guys. And oh, so I, know. I I talk to Brad like all the time. That's yeah. crazy because he told me about that. He actually just texted me yesterday and he's like, 
He was telling me about that warped vinyl. I didn't know that was so that was you who sent. I'm him? yeah. I'm the guy who replaced so his. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's felt- very nice of. Yeah, I did it for I did it for the karma points. I I can be a little mean sometimes, so I got to try and balance things out. But yeah, He's Brad's a, a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> he hit me up the other day. He said, "Hey man, uh, what size what size shirt or what do you wear?" I was like, eh, "It depends on what it is. I've got smalls, mediums, and larges." And he was like, "Well, if uh if Ben drops any uh merch, don't buy anything." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, Brad, all right." So yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, really she told ex- me about that. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm because those yeah. those, those sweatshirts you made are fucking. Hoodie, uh, yeah, I just dropped the hoodie today on Bandcamp, but um, the order is just going through, so I'm I'm not going to get the hoodies for like two or three weeks. So, Sounds but like I'm it. excited to get them. Oh, bro, they are so beautiful. <laughs> I can't, I can't Dude, fucking wait. I'm so Brad, excited. I- yeah. Brad, I know you haven't told me what you're getting me, but I think I already know what it is. I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Um. So then, where were we at in the timeline? 2015? Is that where we're at? Is that what? Uh, yeah, around there. Okay. Um. I think. Uh. Mellow hype. Your was that your date? Your first solo. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because that record has taken on like many different like forms. Like yeah. So because I I first. I how do I even start this? Uh, <laughs> a... I used to play acoustic guitar in restaurants, and okay. I came up with a bunch of these like chill, pretty acoustic guitar songs. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then eventually I wanted to record them. I, around that time, also I was like running my studio and stuff, so I almost never had time just to record my solo music. Yeah. Uh, but then I I met this guy, um, and he is an amazing musician and we started working together and stuff. And then he helped me bring that record to life with those mm-hmm. songs. Um, and I, the, the foundation of that record is like me playing acoustic guitar in the same room as him playing drums. His name's mm-hmm. Dylan. And, um, we actually recorded the drums and guitar like at live at the same time. And then we filled everything Ooh. else in, um, which is pretty cool. And yeah, so the, I first released that record like on Bandcamp. I forget what I called it. Um, and then eventually, like, I recorded another song. And like, I don't know, at that time, no one really cared about my solo music. Like, oh, sad I mean, I, I don't hmm. even know if anyone like ever like downloaded it or anything. <laughs> like, it was just like, you know, I, I was putting stuff out, but it, yeah, it was just there. It wasn't mm-hmm. like getting attention or anything. Yeah. You know? So then eventually I ended up like, I think I, deleted it and then like added another song or two to the record re-released it under a different name mm-hmm. and then that whole process like i might have like gone back and remixed stuff and then i re-released it again so now on Bandcamp under mellow hype is like the final version of it but okay. before i think the previous name of the record was seven spirits or something like that okay. yeah that's my first like attempt at a solo record <laughs> pretty much <laughs> well i think the uh the final name is dubbed appropriately because it is both mellow and hype i spent all day at work listening to all your music because i was like i'm gonna get on bar with everything he's got i actually uh, have a record before that that i totally scrapped like i recorded a whole album but then i never released it because 
I ended up sitting on it so long, and then I hated it, and then I just never oh. released it. So there's a lost tapes of Ben Rosette, huh? <laughs> and I, I hope it never comes. Oh out no, <laughs> it's bad. Like I was trying to sing on it and stuff, and just the production was horrible. And you could always yeah. just release it under a fake name, and then just like watch <laughs> to be like, oh, do people like it? <laughs> That's what I would do. It, My- it would need a lot. Of, it would need a lot of work. <laughs> well, quarantine's the time to do it. I know, right? Um, Actually, I'm planning on remixing um, French Ghetto and American Graffiti next year. Um, Yeah, because we have a deal with our label. Yeah, that once our records turn five years old, Mm -hmm. we can like remix it, remaster it, and like re-release it. Oh, nice. Um, Okay. So that's the plan. I haven't started working on that yet, but that's the plan. Haven't done it yet. It's going to be a lot of work. (laughs) I was wondering, uh, you kind of already touched on this about your solo stuff, um, about playing guitar. I was wondering if it was like, is this material that wasn't uh, appropriately, didn't fit appropriately with Strawberry Girls? Or is this stuff that you were like, "This, this is something that I didn't even try to offer to Strawberry Girls. This is just my thing. So Strawberry Girls is like, Zach writing the guitar riffs and me okay playing the guitar riff on drums okay <laughs> and, uh, yeah that's pretty much how I approach drums like people ask me and I'm just like I just try to like play the riff like on the, the drums like I don't know that like it's a very interesting concept because that's where I came from like I was recording right. guitar and I needed a drum track and I don't mm-hmm. like I had the guitar riff in my head and I just tried to like complement it with hitting stuff like <laughs> that sounds so stressful <laughs> i can't even play drums just thinking about playing normal drums is stressful enough and now you're playing the guitar in your head and the drums in real life that sounds <laughs> that's where like the fall of troy came in because like the fall of troy was like the first band where i'm like the drums and the guitar are like doing like the same thing i don't know mm-hmm. like you know and it was just really cool to me like because you grow up listening to music where drums are just like Super yep. simple, just like ACDC. Yep, same beat <laughs> for just, every yeah. song. Yeah, and then like the instruments are doing maybe have a different groove over it, whatever. But then when I discovered the Fall of Troy, it was like they're all like doing the same riff like together. Yeah, and it's so cool. Like, <laughs> I think the first time I heard Fall of Troy, I was like, "Bro, what is this? Like, what? Yeah. I have never heard anything like this before." And then yeah. math, math core changed my life. So I think the first song I heard was uh, I just got the symphony going. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was on like pure volume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And, I uh, think, yeah, I just fell in love instantly. Yeah, it's it's another another band that I've never seen live that I hope that someday under some yeah. miracle I'll surreal. be able to do it. It was a dream come true, honestly, last year getting to do a little West Coast run with them. Like, mm-hmm. just <gasps> yeah, it was crazy. It was just like this full circle moment where it's like, man, I used to buy merch from this band when I was 14 on MySpace, mm-hmm. and now we're like friends and they're like we're playing a show together. <laughs> like so weird. Life, <laughs> life can be a crazy, crazy thing. Sometimes I, yeah. I, I think it was a uh, last year at Sonic temple was like, we, uh, it's a festival. We mm. got to take the podcast to the festival and interview bands. Oh, and nice. I met Dave Grohl and I was just like, this isn't my life. Like I, there's, there's, I should not be introducing myself to Dave Grohl right now. How, what is going on? 
it was really yeah. weird. And I wish I need more exposure with people that I've been following for many, many years because I yeah. did not talk very well. I got <clears throat> real starstruck. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, if I see like a musician that I've looked up to and stuff, I get nervous. I'm like, oh, man, like I can't even talk to him. Like, <laughs> uh, I love your music, but. I, but it's I also funny because like some people will be like that with me, you know, yeah. shows. and it's like I'm just a normal dude. You know, I don't think of myself in that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that was the thing I have to keep telling myself, like, Chris, even though you've almost you put these humans on a pedestal, they're still yeah. people. They still poop with a door open like they're <laughs> they're just regular dudes. Exactly. So. I, I say that often. I'm just like everyone. Everyone poops. Like, everyone <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so um, I think if I did this correctly, you toured uh, on the American Graffiti album with uh dance gavin dance on their 10-year anniversary with a lot like birds day shell and slaves yeah that was that was a great tour for us like that was our first we felt like big break i mean aside mm -hmm. from like getting signed or but after you get signed it's like that's not you don't just make it you put in the work it gives you like the platform to put in step. the work yep that's just yeah. one step to that's it. like yep. the beginning mm -hmm. um so yeah that tour was huge like we were super grateful to be a part of that. I mean, and the, especially thankful to Zach for having been a part of DGD, which mm -hmm. allowed us to be on that tour. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like we've definitely, you know, that definitely has helped us over the years um, just with credibility and starting out. And it's like, Oh, like X dance, Gavin dance, you know, like you can help. It helps like market you in a way. Yeah. it's, a, it's like a On our first bump. tour, like it, it said strawberry girls. And then in parentheses, like, X dance, Kevin dance, like, <laughs> like oh, you you got to do what you got to do, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I I'm not judging. I I would be lying if I if you were talking about features earlier. I would be lying if I didn't say that I would check out a song from a band I didn't know just because there was a feature of somebody that from a band that I listened to. I'm like, exactly. oh yeah, I'll check this out. I'll check that out. Exactly. Yeah, um, it helps like make connections, you know. Yeah. Um, what do you think the was the driving force behind American Graffiti? Were you striving to outperform the previous one, or was it more of an evolutionary change? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of every record we do, we're always trying to like do something better than we just did. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and I especially feel that way just as far as production. Yeah, like with every record, it's like a learning experience. And then when you do the next one. Like, all right, I know how to make this like sound a little bit better than the last one. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can definitely hear that progression and um, an evolution. We start at the beginning of our recordings and like listen to now. Like Honeydew yeah. is one of my favorite productions that we've done just because I felt like I really took the time to like listen to it and make, re you know, readjust stuff. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, just putting in the time with it. And I'm really and happy with that. Yeah. Honeydew is your most recent release, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are three albums deep, at least in for Strawberry Girls, I believe. Right? Is that my timeline is correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so Ben is three albums deep in his career. He's toured with Dance Gavin Dance, Sean, Polyphia, A Lot Like Birds. You get the picture. From the first time you picked up your instrument till this point in the timeline, what has been the biggest change? What have you learned that has been the most impactful on your life slash career? Hmm. I think like 
I mean, especially getting touring experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not always easy and it's not always fun. It's like exhausting and hard and challenging and you learn a lot of lessons. And I've heard hard some nightmares. About, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you go through, you know, days or nights where you might not be in the best mood or you get in a fight with somebody or you have an yeah. argument or and then you're stuck in a van together. <laughs> and then yeah. you're stuck in a van together for <laughs> eight hours. Yeah. And you have to learn how to deal with people and mm-hmm. and resolve stuff and and not be a dick. Like <laughs> <laughs> um I think that I'd say that's the the big learning you know, deal with people and um problem solving and just like making connections because it's really all about making connections. Like you're not yep. gonna get anywhere in the music world if you know if if you're a butthole to everybody <laughs> and like yes, true um you know and you're not friendly i mean some people make it and they're not like the best people but like yeah. i don't know it's all about just like making connections becoming friends with people and that's how stuff happens like you be mm-hmm. you meet someone randomly at a show and then they happen to be in a band and then you start playing shows together and then yep. you go on tour together and stuff just happens you know, like that you know it's all about friendships but mm-hmm. um, yeah the- make a lot of sense that the one of the big big learning for like you know a band is the interpersonal relationships because like you said you know a tour touring in itself is stressful all around and then being cooped up with these people that are also going through the same things you got to learn how to deal with like okay i'm upset they're upset we're all hungry we're a little tired we get through this before we wind up on the news for like attacking each other so yeah that, that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean it's i love touring but i it's also really hard <laughs> like it's like after you're on tour for like a month you're mm-hmm. like man i'm so ready to go home and not be on <laughs> yeah. tour anymore but then after you're home for like three months you're like oh i'm so ready to like go back out on tour like yeah. while we're on the subject of tours would it be safe to assume that uh, the band that brought your sweet, sweet skills into my reality, Eternity Forever, was born through the relationship built during these tours. Yeah, so um, when we toured with Sean and Polifia, um, I became friends with Brandon Ewing, who mm-hmm. played was the touring bassist for Sean at the time. And um, yeah, we just talked here and there on tour, became friends, and I didn't know much about him. Like I, I thought he was just a bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think one night I forget where we were might have been like St. Louis or something um, we were in the green room I think he might have had a guitar in his hands with mm-hmm. and stuff, or maybe I forget if he just told me but I found out like he's a guitar player and I'm like yeah. oh um, and I don't even know like I might have just seen him like playing some riffs here and there on tour um, like in the green room or whatever but mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we started talking and he found out I did like production and stuff and eventually we just made a plan where like he lived in he lives in San Diego and I was in Carmel, California at the time. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, eventually after the tour we made a plan for him to drive up to my studio and record. I had never even heard any of his songs or riffs or anything like mm-hmm. um that he wanted to record. And then he just showed up and we started recording and then it happened. Yeah, just and that was that (laughs) (laughs) like yeah it was just super natural and organic like Mm -hmm. we were just friends and um wanted to record some music together beautiful so you recorded some music and then in 2017 was the fantasy ep from eternity forever 
Correct. Yeah. So we recorded those four songs over like the course of I think like a week that Brandon oh. was on the studio. You put out that fucking bop. Oh no, we week. didn't. Put, we didn't put it out in a week, but we rec- we we tracked everything in about a week. I think after Brandon left, I still added some stuff. Okay. I actually had a friend come to the studio and record piano on it. Um, okay. And then I recorded bass on a song and probably added some other little like percussion things here and there. You're telling me the piano skills you learned at camp didn't make it into the attorney forever. <laughs> Tragic. Uh, I mean, I do have a, like some pianos and stuff mm-hmm. uh, like a Rhodes and a Wurlitzer, but I'm like, yeah, I suck at piano. I'm trying to, it's like <laughs> the one instrument that I really want to get good at. Like, yeah. I love piano, but I just, I don't know, like guitar makes sense to me. But like when I try to play piano, I'm just like, I can't remember like where to put my fingers. Like, oh, fair enough. I've always, (laughs) I've always heard that like, um, piano and guitars are kind of like, granted, they're very different, but like the layout of the notes is kind of the same. I don't know. I'm not a musician. This is just what I think they do go hand in hand. I think piano is a great foundational instrument for anyone Mm -hmm. to learn uh, because it's rhythmic, it's melodic. Um, and it definitely builds like your finger dexterity, you know, mm-hmm. like because uh, you use all these fingers like independently. And I wish I had stuck with piano lessons when I was a kid. Honestly, like I regret that now. At the time, I hated it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if I was like killer at piano too, like that would be sick. <laughs> but I uh, I struggle with piano. I I still record like I'll record little chords and stuff. Mm-hmm like one at a time or just like little uh, melodies, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's something I'm trying to, trying to get better at. Baron, I, I am not good at any instrument. I, I <laughs> am so upset that like my parents wanted me to do sports instead of forcing me into like piano lessons or whatever. But then given my nature, I probably wouldn't have accepted that either. Cause I, I yeah. never, I never liked being like, oh, you're going to be in soccer. You're going to be in this. I assume it would be the same way as if they're like, you're going to take piano lessons. I'm like, I don't want to do this, but yeah. I wish I, I wish I would have taken some kind of musical class as a child. I mean, I, I have two kids. There's three and five. And I kind of like, since I know what it's like to be forced into like lessons mm-hmm. and then, you know, and then I fell in love with guitar when I was 10, like, which was a completely different experience for me. Like, I don't want to force my kids into it or like right. force them to take lessons or whatever. Like I want it to be fun for them, you know? And it's like, they mm-hmm. do have fun now. Like they'll come out in my garage, like where my studio is set up and mm-hmm. you know, they'll play the drums or like the piano or whatever. And they, I just try to let them have fun with it. I don't want to, you know, music's like another language and I think mm-hmm. you should be passionate about it. If you want to do it, like you should be passionate about it. And if they don't want to do it, I don't want to force them to, you know. Yeah. If they're not interested, like, yeah. You can do the uh, the old reverse psychology and just get, like, a kid's guitar or whatever. Don't <laughs> give it to them. Just leave it in the house. And they're yeah. like, what's that? And then they get curious. And they're like, oh, Dad, what's this? I'm like, oh, you want to learn how to play guitar, do you? I actually did. I found, like, a $5 guitar at, like, a thrift store, and I bought mm-hmm. it for them. They don't, I mean, they mess around with it sometimes and yeah. they also have like a little kid like piano yeah thing but yeah i mean right now they're more in it. they want to watch like cartoons and you know same play bro so me like... too me too <laughs> <laughs> all right um let me see we were talking about eternity forever and then we got sidetracked about how we w- i w- we wish we could play piano um 
Let me see where we are. Oh yeah. Um, but anyways, listener, eternity forever. If you if you haven't heard me talk about this fucking band for at least once in the last three years, I have been. Uh, now that Ben is here, I implore you, go shove this EP into your brain. I know your year has been shit. You need this. On behalf of both of us, you're welcome in advance. This, this, and on, on, on top of that, I had so many people ask me. It's like, hey, what do you want me to ask Ben? And he's like, when is there going to be more eternity forever? So many people. <laughs> that was like the number one question. Everybody was like, yo, is there going to be more? I was like, I don't fucking know, man. But I'll ask because that was going to be one of the questions I wanted to ask. Dude, yeah, honestly, like, it's hard to talk about because it didn't, you know, it didn't end well, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was like a bad breakup, you know? Aww. Like, never yeah, really fun to talk about, you know? That happens. But, I mean, it, it is part of history, I guess. I mean, my mm-hmm. history, at least. Like, it was a project that got started, uh, took some turns, mm-hmm. and I put a lot of work into it, and... Yeah, it was like, you know, it was my baby at the time. It was like, mm-hmm. I was so stoked to like work on it. Mm-hmm. I worked on, I was going to say earlier, I worked on this each song for about a month, like mix, mixing each song individually. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, probably from when we tracked to when it got released was like four or five months or something. I forget. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I, mean, I have nothing bad to say about anyone else who was involved with it but mm-hmm. um they're still doing you know kurt and brandon are still doing music or at least i know kurt is i don't really know what's up with brandon because he deleted his instagram recently oh i've so had maybe- people like messaging me like oh what happened to brandon's instagram I'm like i don't know i don't know he just he deleted did- it yeah hey sometimes people just need a break from social media especially yeah. especially if it was recently it might have been like i'm just trying to get away from this election you know, yeah, just... I know he still has a Facebook. He's not really that active, but I, I mean, what I do know is like he's been working for Kiesel Guitars for a long time. He loves mm-hmm. his job, um, and I we did have another EP planned out. We had um, ideas, and we had like a few songs or like mm-hmm. written. And I don't know if Brennan's ever gonna release those, but I'd be stoked if he did because those riffs were freaking sick. Oh, I was like, I, I know, like, I was stoked to like do those next batch of songs, but um, who knows if we'll ever hear them? You know, it's up to Brandon. It's like, oh man, yeah. this part of part of that story is really like really awesome because it means there is more, but there is also like, yeah, I don't know if you'll ever hear it. So in that part, I don't like it all. Well, that's the thing <laughs> is like, Brandon kind of keeps to himself a little bit more. You know, he's not really exposing himself on social media or anything mm-hmm. and at least like from some of our last conversations like he was never super into like just pursuing music 100 percent. you know what i mean like yeah it was just kind of like a hobby en- yeah he's like engaged or he might even be married now um and he loves his job and stuff so mm-hmm. that's was kind of his focus he, I, and then there's like someone like me who's just like I want to do music full time. It's my right. life. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, like everyone has their own choice. They can do yeah. what they want. Like so for some people, it's just a fun side thing, yeah. you know, and that's okay. And then for others, it's like everything. Worst case scenario, 
Nothing comes from, we don't get any more, but at least we did get something. We all have that. Also, I don't even know if I've ever mentioned this to like anybody. Ooh, Toon Junkies exclusive. What's up? Yeah, Toon Junkies exclusive. (laughs) But there is like, so at one of our Attorney Forever practices, we were Mm -hmm. like messing around after practice and we like started playing a reggae song. Oh, no Uh, shit. Here we go. uh, Like Brandon... I think Brandon just started like playing this guitar thing, mm-hmm. which sounded like a reggae song. So I started like playing a reggae beat to it. Yeah. And then Kurt started singing to it. And uh, Zach Guerin was there and he recorded it, I think, just on his phone. Yeah. So he has this like lo fi reggae. <laughs> song. Oh my. I don't even like, I think he has it somewhere. I don't even have it. Um, We're about like to a have song but yeah attorney forever goes reggae <laughs> we're about to hound this dude for this fu- for this video actually, everybody's gonna want it <laughs> i've been meaning to ask zach for that recording and then i don't know just like leak it somewhere and just be like <laughs> just like <laughs> drop it on reddit <laughs> yeah. anonymously like yeah <laughs> all right so then I think timeline we're at 2017. Um, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you spent no kitty, stay down. Sorry, cat's trying to get my lap. <laughs> What's uh, your cat? He, uh, his name is Kitty. Yeah, he's Kitty. Uh, yeah, it was Shen Lin when I first got him, but uh, guess what? He doesn't respond to that. So <laughs> he's he responds very well to Kitty. So that's just uh, that's what we stuck with. Um. I feel like you spent 2018 in a hyperbolic time chamber because 2019 was like the year of Rosette. Like you put out so much music last year. Tasmanian Glow and Ultraviolet, Angelesis, Holographic, the Genesis EP. Like, bro, you were fucking busy. (laughs) Yeah, like, so 2017 was a big year for me. I mean, I've had Strawberry Girl since 2011, and that's Mm -hmm. been my main focus yeah and it still is like strawberry girls is like you know i want to say everything for me but obviously you know i have a family i have like a wife and two kids right. like uh, and a family and stuff so musically strawberry girls is, strawberry girls is musically it's like yeah exactly like mm-hmm. strawberry girls is like a huge part of my life we're going on 10 years next april congratulations um, yeah so it's kind of crazy like um yeah, sorry. What were we? <laughs> I lost. I lost track. No, like, you're good. Um, I was saying that 2019 was. Oh, yeah, like, that's right. That's right. Put out Tasmanian Glow, and then you had one, two, three, four. I th- I think I counted them all. Four like EP little uh, right. and then albums of your own. Sorry, I just got uh, I got off track, but uh, yeah. So 2017 was when we dropped Attorney Forever, mm-hmm. and that was like, you know, I I did something different from strawberry girls that got attention mm-hmm. and it was like it started just to make me believe in myself a little bit yeah. i'm like oh like i can make cool music that people want to listen to you know yeah. um and i yeah it was just a confidence boozer so after fantasy came out uh that's when i really started like pursuing my solo music i mean there was like you know the mellow hype thing that i'd previously released that got no attention right um but after Attorney Forever, I think it was like, or I think I know like what direction I want to go in musically mm-hmm. and just like aesthetic and just production and everything. And just all kind of started to fall into place. And so also around that time is when I ended up moving from California to Oregon. And I just had my all my studio gear just in my garage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which was kind of cool because like before it was spread out over like a kind of a big studio yeah but it was kind of cool just to have all my gear in one spot and then it made it more like more uh feasible for me to just like produce everything like everything was at my fingertips you know right like, I had my like pianos my drums mm-hmm. right here my computer just everything was in one spot so i really mm-hmm. started to like just record stuff and i think love spell was like the first song where i was just like yeah this is the like, the direction i want to go in just guitar based uh you know melody mm-hmm. based music and just with that kind of cutesy aesthetic and stuff like huge uh, fan was, i can tell you right now huge fan love it <laughs> yeah that was the song that kind of kicked it off for me like mm-hmm. actually i wasn't even in my garage at that point i was just in, actually in this closet <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah after that it was just like i started to just like make a mental like uh, or just make mental goals of like what i wanted to do so i'm like all right i'm gonna start recording one song a month and like mm-hmm. out consistently and just like focusing on that um so yeah now like um you know a few years later here i am like and you you mentioned was it 2019 that i dropped all those like records um yeah i was just like trying to do as much as i could like i was Mm -hmm. just um all i wanted to do was just like put out as much music as i could and i'm still like honestly like I'm just trying to get out all these songs that I've had for years um, into the world. Like I, I still have songs that I uh, wrote like years ago that haven't been recorded. So I'm just like slowly hacking away at all right. that stuff, and I'm not even done yet. Like I, like I told you earlier, I used to play um, guitar in restaurants, and yeah, I used to just like come up with a bunch of random riffs for that, mm-hmm. and eventually those like morphed into whole songs and stuff, um, and then eventually took it from acoustic guitar to electric guitar, sped them up and like yeah. made them into like, you know, math rock songs. Mm-hmm. Or, but a lot of those originally started like as slow, like acoustic songs. So. Oh, yeah. the, the, is there a possibility that there's going to be a slow acoustic, uh, baby making album that you're going to put out then? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like eventually I might do like some acoustic stuff. Cause that's kind of my roots almost yeah. like, um, like I had an acoustic guitar before I ever had an electric guitar, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of my stuff was first written on acoustic. The future is unknowable, says Ben. Um, Cause I th- ultraviolet was the, is the compilation and like, so you started dropping the singles like destiny yeah. and then pixel fairy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and so that came into ultraviolet and then angelicis, um you had 2019 as well i used zelda zelda was my alarm for like six months but i had to change it oh, because really? it, was, it was it was starting to uh like give me anxiety whenever i would hear it i'm like oh no it's time to get up <laughs> gotta wake up yeah. <laughs> um and then i'm surprised you said angelicus correctly too <laughs> hey I, and my last wait what how so okay so i have been saying it right yeah. Oh wait. A lot ro- of people will say, uh, Rosset? like Rosset. Oh Rosset. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that. Rosset. Yeah, I mean, it would it would have been cool if it like was spelled with like a Z or something like Rosette, but Ooh, Rosette. That's, yeah. Rosset. Ben Rosset. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ben Rosset. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So, uh, also, one thing I want to mention, uh, the artwork for all your albums is fucking awesome. Like, I don't know who's doing your artwork, but it's so cool. I love I love all of them. I'll give a little shout out. Um, it's this guy. Most of my artwork has been from this guy on Instagram. His handle is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Yasin Violet. It's like Y-A-S-I-N and then Violet. Okay. Uh, and yeah, check out his Instagram, whoever, whoever's listening. Um, he has a bunch of amazing, like amazing art on there. Um, he illustrates everything himself. Most of it's like pretty like metal looking, mm-hmm. which I mean, you've probably seen on my covers, like the Genesis EP I used. Yeah. Um, I like the, the holographic artwork too. I thought that was really cool. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Speak- I fell in love with that one. Like instantly. I was like, I have to buy that. Like, right. <laughs> Speaking of that album, I have I only have one question. I love all the music, but I have one question. Who the fuck is getting roasted at the end of all these <laughs> tracks? What is going on? Shout when out I... to roast, shout out to Roast Gods on YouTube. Ah, it's, they're on Instagram too. It's these guys, Mike the Fool, and mm-hmm. what's the other guy? I forget the other guy's name, but uh if you just search Roast Gods on mm-hmm. YouTube, their videos will come up, I think. And they're so funny to me. Like, I don't know. I just sort of like watch their videos. They're like mm-hmm. two dudes who are just like really stoned and they're just like roasting the crap out of each other. Oh. And it's just hilarious. Like I, I love it. My only my only contention with it was there was no warning. And I was listening <laughs> to it at work one time, blasting oh, on yeah. my speaker. And I thought that like I had just like butt dialed somebody. And then there was these dudes like <laughs> yelling into the speaker i'm like oh shit what the fuck is going on like oh no but my wife still gets mad at me about that she's like why do you put that at the end of your songs <laughs> like we can't even listen to it with the kids uh, like I we'll just but i just like part. for me when i was producing i'm just like i want to throw something in there that's just at least for me like makes me smile and like laugh like mm-hmm. so i just did that because i thought it was funny I also love how you sample at least I'm 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 pretty sure but I could be wrong I love how you sample Navi from Legend of Zelda in your songs so it's actually interesting oh yeah I have actually sampled Navi in some of my songs but main like signature sample that I use is a sample that Zach sent me and he's told me that it's not really Navi but it sounds like Navi and Uh, he doesn't even know like what it is like he (laughs) I think he found it from somewhere or something Mm -hmm. and people think it's Navi and it does sound like Navi, but it's like a little different. So yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a mystery sample. Oh, because, because I think at least off the top of my head, I'm thinking of, I think it was, uh, uh, oh crap. I always get, is it black cat, white magic or is it black magic, white cat, black cat, white magic. magic. There we go. White magic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in that one too, but I had a, a, I had an ex-girlfriend who would uh, always get mad at me, and she'd always go, listen. And I'd be like, you sound yeah. like Navi. And she'd be like, well, who's oh, that? Yeah, mm. yeah, I did listen. use that listen sample. <laughs> yeah, in, in Black Cat. That mm-hmm. song is kind of like an enigma to me, because I recorded that song, uh, Black Cat, White Magic, randomly for Halloween, like two years ago. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, I just got this idea. I'm going to start making a Halloween song every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made that song super quick it was probably in a few days or something i just busted it out and uh it's been my number one song on spotify like ever since i'm like what it's great it's how is that my number one song like i've put 
and so much like hard work into other songs <laughs> just like and they barely get attention and then like there's one song that i just like farted out like it's <laughs> like that's how uh, it goes though man like i think it was uh, a <laughs> chris cornell wrote black hole sun in 15 minutes on a napkin and that's, that's their crazy. biggest song but yeah if you uh if you ever wanted to just do like a small ep of just spooky spooky songs <laughs> i would totally support it yeah yeah um Oh, I don't know. Did you hear the latest one that I just dropped, uh, Black Widow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I sure did. So, yeah, that was this year's Halloween song. It turned out to be a little heavier mm-hmm. uh, than I thought it was going to be. But um, yeah, it's still fun. I mean, I grew up with like metal and hardcore, so I'm right. used to that stuff. I know like I'll, probably a big part of my fans or whatever like aren't necessarily into that style. Uh, I I like both, but I definitely enjoy the the math rocky thing more. But I also listen to that as well. I was I actually had to I was going to bring this up earlier about uh in like the Genesis EP, um how that's more of a a heavier hardcore metally kind of thing. Heavy yeah. and mean, quite the departure from the sound I'd grown accustomed to. Was this a nostalgic trip down a brutally honest lane? It was so like Genesis came about because I when I moved to Oregon I met this guy Taylor who mm-hmm. plays a guitar band called Tang I don't know if you've heard of them they're on my label yes but they're a really talented math rock bands um, and now actually they just reload two of them just relocated to Nashville uh, but yeah I'm sad Taylor left because he was he was my homie oh. and we had lots of stuff together but yeah we got together and like. We were both into like the melodic math rock thing, but then also we both discovered about each other that like we were both into metal, like a, yeah. uh, hardcore and stuff. So, and it was really just like, you know, when I was in Brutally Honest and like recording our stuff at the time, like my recordings weren't good. Like it sounded like trash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Genesis EP was like the first attempt at like, I was just like, I want to record something really heavy, but now I can actually like make it sound good. Right. And yeah, so that was that was my attempt at like heavy stuff. <laughs> well, you nailed it. You fucking nailed it. I'm going to tell you that right now. And uh, uh, another listener wrote in because they also loved it. Will you be doing anything more, any more EPs like Genesis now that uh, you've gotten it out there and you've been able to almost like see the numbers and the ratings of it? Yeah, honestly, it's I'm torn because based on the numbers alone doesn't really make sense to keep doing it however mm-hmm. i love like i love that kind of stuff i love like mm-hmm. complex technical like deathcore freaking mm-hmm. just the heaviest stuff it's fun um and that's what i grew up on so yeah i mean i'd like to do more it's just i didn't really get a huge response from yeah it. i don't know but at the same time, I want to just make stuff that I like anyway. So yeah, yeah. that's that's what I was gonna say. Don't don't even worry about Spotify numbers or anything. Like, if you if you like it, you'll like it. There will be others that like it as well. So yeah, I mean, hence like Black Widow came about, which is another heavy song, and mm-hmm. I did that because, um, yeah, just for the fun of it, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that's the cool thing about the times we live in now. Is it like? The equipment that is necessary to do these kinds of endeavors is accessible. You don't need to go to some giant place with a computer the size of a room to do it. It's like, yeah, man, if you want to come over, I got my laptop and my interface, and we can just write a record. It's like, oh, okay. So, 
it's definitely cool that it's more accessible these days mm-hmm. I mean, you know only like what 50 years ago like recording a record was like a big deal like yeah. and you had to like get sign on a label and then like have them pay for it because it was so expensive you know yep um i think there's pros and cons you know like i feel like bands back in the day got more attention because only a few made it you know right yeah um but now there's so much it's like oversaturated which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's cool that like people can just like put out their ideas mm-hmm. um but there's also more to sift through and there's like a lot more good and a lot more bad like yep 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 that's the <laughs> that's the the duality of it is there's going to be a lot more awesome stuff and there's also going to be some stuff that you're like man i wish i wouldn't have heard that yeah. <laughs> now i know that exists i just wasted three minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> i'll never get that back yeah i like um that's i think that's one of the things i really enjoy about being alive at this time is it like I couldn't listen to all the music, even if I tried like shout out to Spotify and all the streaming services for putting everybody's music out there. And I love the, like, um, the radio playlist that they make. So it's like, if I were to go, Hey, Ben Rosette, black cat, white magic, uh, play song radio. And then it'll just pull together a bunch of songs that are similar or songs that other people listen to while listening to what you like. Yeah. Uh, It's crazy. Scary, but also very convenient. So I'm okay. I know it's pretty cool now. Like every Friday, I'll check out the release radar on Spotify, mm-hmm. and it's like a lot of that stuff is dope. I'm like, wow, like I really like this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always expect to find stuff that you like because you're just like, oh, I know I'm not going to like that. <laughs> like, uh, are you jaded <laughs> like me? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's cool just like listening to like random songs and you like fall in love with it, mm-hmm. you know, and I add it to my, my playlist and stuff. and um want to listen to it like 10 more times and, yep listen to it until i memorize all the words and i can play the guitar <laughs> the drum yep yeah. um so as well as all those albums that you put out or albums and eps this year as well as a plethora of singles you put out a record called booster pack which by song titles alone listener you should know this whole album is fire you've got <laughs> Mandalorian, you got Zubat, you got uh, uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Are you uh... so, Yeah, I was like super into Pokemon as a kid, and then I kind of phased out and got into Yu-Gi-Oh for a while. Here we go. Um, and I just, I love the, you know, aesthetic of like, just all that no- nostalgic stuff, like mm-hmm. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, like all the cartoons I used to watch. Even like, you know, I got super into the Mandalorian. And I named the song The Mandalorian because I oh. like it so much. Uh, Are you all caught up, though? Have you watched it? Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess I'm we're really not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. What is it? Season two, right? Or, season two. I think there's yeah. only two episodes out as of late. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I usually like to wait until all the episodes are out and then I can just binge watch it. Yeah. I hate having to <laughs> wait like a Bro. week for an episode. And then... You watch that one episode and it ends on a cliffhanger and you're like, oh, no, I got to wait another week. Son of a bitch. I got to wait a whole <laughs> week. What am yeah. I going to do? Yeah, I feel like Netflix has ruined a whole generation of people. Just like <laughs> we're already like gimme, gimme, gimme millennials the way it is. Now yeah. you're just furthering the condition of I have no patience on what I want. I want this thing and I want it now. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'd rather creating just monsters. Like hold out until all the episodes are done. So I can just watch the whole thing in like three days. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm the kind of person that like has to have like a show that I'm watching. Like, so yeah, yep. I'm always like scouring Netflix trying to find like a show to get addicted to. And then, yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to avoid the, so I have many friends who will just watch the same show over and over. I'm like, bro, where's the fun in that? Like, you already know <laughs> it's going to happen. I need excitement. Yeah. I have a few movies that I'll rewatch that are like my classic, like favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only, I feel like with like a series with like episodes, like I've only rewatched a couple of those. Maybe like, have you heard of Prison Break? Yep. I rewatched that whole thing, which is a lot. Like there's like six seasons or something. And there's like tons of ep- like 16 episodes mm-hmm. like per season. I don't know. It's a lot. Um, but I really like that show. And then I think I might have rewatched Dexter. <gasps> um, and actually, I do want to rewatch Breaking Bad eventually. Cause oh, like bro. Yeah. Breaking Bad <laughs> is hands down the best TV show I have ever watched. Hands down. <laughs> yeah. I'll fight anyone who says anything different. I also really like Better Call Saul, too. Oh, yeah. I like Better Call Saul. It wasn't yeah. as – it's not the same as – It's not the same. But there's just as much suspense. It's cool, and, though, because there are, like, a lot of references. Yep. I mean, I think it's pre-Breaking Bad, correct? It's pre, and then there's some during, and then there's even some excerpts of after. So it's mm. it takes place during all, but a lot of it is pre, is him becoming yeah. Saul Goodman. I think there were some Better Call Saul episodes where I was a little confused. But oh, yeah, yep. overall, yep. I liked it, and I loved Breaking Bad, too, so... It would be you had cool mentioned to, Dexter. To you had mentioned Dexter. Did you hear they're going to do a a new limited uh, series? They're going to fix I, the ending. I've been yeah, like seeing little hints here and there that they're mm-hmm. gonna like come. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a whole new season or what, but I haven't. I don't know if they've given out too many details, but from the little excerpts that I've read, I've read that they're going to almost give us a new ending so it's like it'll kind of fix the alternate ending yeah the ending we all hated and kind of bleed into i guess what i what i thought was because in the last episode of dexter spoilers is it like season five or season six or something like they had a bunch of seasons i want to say six but this was many years ago when i watched the last episode was like dexter and i haven't seen this in in a while so i don't remember exactly but was he like on a sailboat like sailing yeah off? yeah that's how he, that's how he made leaves. it seem like he died or something like in a i forget like a shipwreck or something yeah but then uh, you like see him all bearded up in like a flannel or something in I a think. cabin or something. yeah um so i think he might have like faked his own death and then old michael jackson <laughs> bringing up um, conspiracy yeah, I'm sure, theories i'm not sure what's gonna happen but yeah i'm excited for that too i just hope they don't bring back that weird relationship he had with his sister that made me uncomfortable throughout that the whole show but She's but technically like, he was adopted right listen i'm adopted i'm gonna tell you it's still weird <laughs> it's still not okay <laughs> oh yeah. man it would be cool to rewatch dexter too i really like that show yeah, I think I I may I pro- I'll probably rewatch it before the the new ending comes out because if I just jump into it, it's been like five years. So I'm, I'm gonna be like, what what happened? 
All right, I wish not... you could like just like download it again so you don't have to like spend the hours rewatching it. <laughs> like uh, or it just be... like it just downloads to your brain and you're just like, oh, like yeah. Cool. Just do, uh <laughs> absorb it through osmosis while you sleep exactly. in your bed. Yeah. Just instantaneously like yeah. watch everything. We need a real life hyperbolic time chamber so that one day <laughs> inside there is a year in there. Dude, who knows what's gonna happen in the future? Like it's kind of crazy to think about how crazy technology is now. And in the next, you know, hundred years, even how crazy it's going to get. And it's I, also crazy to think about, like, we grew up in the little phase where, like, technology jumped from, like, you know, not having the internet to having the internet to having, to not having social media to having social media. And then, you know, from here on out for generations to come, like, everything's going to be on social media. Like, like, my kids have like, you know, pictures of like every day of their life. Like, mm-hmm. on you know, it's like I have like a few photographs and that's it. Yeah, I have yeah. Polaroids at my parents' house, but I don't I <laughs> don't even get me started on the conspiracy theory of how, why, like how technology has gone from where what gone from dial up Internet to when I was a kid to now I have all of the world's information in my pocket exactly. at all times. And think uh, about, you know, in. 500 years or whatever like oh. people will be able to to listen to strawberry girls like on youtube and if like YouTube oh yeah this, is band, even a thing. this band was from like 500 years ago you know like that, <laughs> that would just be a crazy thing like strawberry girls is what the uh future hipsters are going to be listening to like <laughs> oh do you even listen to strawberry girls you don't even know vintage You're not even... math rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah vintage math rock that's the name of the next album vintage math rock (laughs) um all right so um i want to talk about one more thing and i want to talk about spirit vision records you've we've dropped we've talked about a little bit we've dropped it here and there throughout the show how did this come to be and what inspired you to start this label so i started my recording studio like in 2012 before that i was just recording in my parents garage and my um my dad's a doctor so we had like an out-home practice for a while so he built this like office space in our garage yeah and eventually he moved out into like you know a real space (laughs) and then the garage office became my music studio you inherited the office nice yeah so like i started recording bands in my parents garage like um you know that's what that's what i did for money like i mm-hmm. never really had a real job like i was a dishwasher for for a while and i did la- some landscaping for a while i worked at urban outfitters for a while but mainly like recording local bands was like how i made money and then playing yeah guitar restaurants and stuff mm-hmm. um yeah so then eventually my dad's friend was like oh I, there's a studio space that's empty um and so my dad kind of hooked me up with that situation and i got to Mm -hmm. move into a real studio space which was awesome and i started that studio with my bass player ian jennings um Mm -hmm. and we ran the studio together for a long time i was in there for seven years until i eventually moved up to oregon yeah um did i answer the question (laughs) (laughs) um uh what uh, what inspired you to start the label? Oh, there we go. So yeah, the stu- So with the studio, um, I started in 2012. It's called Spirit Vision Studios, and um, I started 
you know, working with other like ma- instrumental math rock bands and stuff. And yeah, I guess I just wanted to use whatever platform I had to help out mm-hmm. other musicians that I was a big fan of. You know, I started doing the Spirit Vision sessions, which was just like I would invite an artist to come to the studio and we would do a live performance and a video mm-hmm. and recording. Um, Yvette Young was actually the first person I had. Oh, um, nice. And her video is still on YouTube. And then after that, it became like a regular thing. Like I think once a month we tried to get like a band or artist into the studio, mm-hmm. film a live performance and then feature it on our channel. And um, yeah, it just kind of became a thing. I still have bands who hit me up every now and then who want like a Spirit Vision video. Yeah. And uh, I actually have one coming, a band from LA coming um, in like a couple weeks or something. But um, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't do that as, much but basically i just wanted to help out bands that i really liked mm-hmm. and uh, so i started spirit vision records it's kind of confusing because on facebook there's a page for spirit vision studios and then there's another page for spirit vision records <laughs> uh, hopefully i can like eventually just merge those pages into spirit vision records because that's yeah. kind of a, a name that i use for everything now um, yeah but yeah i just i have a heart um i won't want to i want to help other musicians you know however mm-hmm. i can i know i'm not like hugely famous or anything but yet um yet just like i can offer people like recording production mm-hmm. mastering um and just general like um consulting about you know what should i do how should mm-hmm. i approach this like um so yeah right now i only have a few artists i have um a local guy here in bend um named kevin j dill Mm-hmm. And he's like he, a solo artist. You guys did or, a song called Kirby, I believe. Yeah, right? we did a Kirby. Yeah, we did a collab together. And we have a few other collabs coming out too um, that we're going to work nice. on. Um, yeah. And I have Raiku, who's based on the East Coast. And he, his music's awesome. Like, I just fell in love with his music. Then I hit him up. I'm like, hey, like, I'll help you like promote your stuff. Like, do you want to be a part of my label? Mm-hmm. And he uh, really wanted to. So. Um, that worked out. So Kevin J. Dill, Raikou, um, and then my other projects. Raikou was Tajane. Raikou was a song you did Super Saiyan? Yeah, we have a few collabs, actually. We have mm-hmm. the first one that came out, One for All, um, okay. which was actually like his song, and I just featured on it. Is that a My Hero Academia reference? Yeah. One for All? Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a collab, but it kind of on Spotify. I think it just says like featuring Ben Rosen. But uh, okay. then we released Super Saiyan, and then we actually have a song coming out together this Friday. Um, oh shit! I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Um, and we just filmed a video for it too. What uh, what will it be called? Because this will drop Saturday, so then they can listener can go and check out that song that will be uh, out by then. Yeah. Um. So the new song is called Gucci. Like the oh nice <laughs> um yeah it's a it's a really cool song like i'm super stoked on it i'm really happy with how it turned out and we'll be dropping a video i don't know when we're gonna drop the video it might mm-hmm. drop like thursday or like tomorrow night yeah i'm not sure um listener you can try and google the word gucci and see if you can find <laughs> this if you find it you win a prize good job <laughs> yeah actually i'm kind of backed up on recordings right now like it's kind of weird how it happens because i usually try to focus on like one recording at a time and work yeah. on it and release it and then start another one but then 
over the past couple of months, like all these different little projects started happening. And then now I have like a bunch of songs that have to like get released. <laughs> so kind of like, yeah. which is kind of nice to plan stuff out in the future. Like I have right. stuff already uploaded and ready to release for like, mm-hmm. you know, the end of the month or like next right. month. You know? So it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I'm just still on that same grind of just trying to release as much as I can. Well, I, <laughs> I appreciate your stance on uh, why you started it and just trying to help, you know, bands that you like and stuff like that. Because that's essentially what we did here at the Toon Junkies podcast. We're not good at music, music so what can we do to help promote these people that yeah. give us something to do every weekend? Well, let's let's make a funny show and uh, help them promote themselves and themselves as people. So I, I respect the 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 drive for the starting of the studio yeah um yeah i mean it started out as just a studio and then it became you know evolved into the spirit vision records where mm-hmm. i'm just trying to push other art oh i forgot to mention pedestria um they're a three-piece math rock band based out of portland and they're super talented um i produced their first ep and they have a second ep on the way which i think they're self-recording. I'm not sure if they're going to have me mix mm-hmm. their second EP, but um, Pedestria, Ajane has another EP coming out next year. Good. Uh, well, I think that's it for now. Um, obviously, Eternity Forever was on Spirit Vision Record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Strawberry Girls is technically independent now, which is for the first time in like seven years, which is cool. We're really excited about that. Um, but it's not... Hmm gonna be technically on spirit vision records it's just gonna be under strawberry girls so. okay yeah. um is that and that's the current lineup for uh spirit vision records yeah um ken j dill raiku pedestria uh Did you say Tajin? tang oh tang how yeah we <laughs> yeah, mentioned tang, and then we so... got sidetracked yeah tang they're um like i said earlier two of the guys just moved to nashville so they're not like super active right at the moment right Uh, but i am still trying to help them out um yeah that's it for now and then obviously my solo stuff right um and you said uh what kind of artists are you looking for if any like is this kind of a thing like people can hit you up and be like hey we have these tracks we'd love to be a part of what you got going on here is it free reign I'm always open to ideas. Like, I mean, whoever's listening to this right now, like, mm-hmm. if you have dope music, like, send it to me. Like, mm-hmm. I might like it. You know, I might love it. Um, yeah, I mean, stuff just happens organically. Like, I found out about Raiku, loved his music, hit him up, mm-hmm. and then now we're working together, you know? Um, but yeah, generally, I'm looking for instrumental music because that's what I'm okay. passionate about. Um, and... But I mean, I'm open to stuff with vocals too. This has mm-hmm. to be dope. You really gotta sell it to him, guys. Yeah, <laughs> sell it to Ben. Um, yeah, my kids are starting to come in here now. Oh, you guest <laughs> appearances. Like, Hi, friend. Hello. <laughs> like, What's going on? <laughs> What's up, guys? How are you? Say hi. You say hi. <laughs> they said no. <laughs> Sorry. Right. They can't. They can't hear you because you're in my headphones. <laughs> I, they probably um, can't tell if I'm a girl or a boy, so they're probably confused. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm really interested in just like really catchy instrumental music. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I tend to look for. Um, but I'm also I'm not like a. I think one of my AirPods died. I'm I'm not like your typical record label yeah. in the sense that like, you know, I mean, first of all, it's not a huge label. Yeah. Um, and then second, it's more of just a label, like, like, um, literally, you know, it's just like a brand kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not necessarily like paying tons of money for people to go record albums or anything. It's like, you kind of have to be self-sufficient yeah, yeah, and, uh, and want to work with me, you know, and then I'll help you like promote your stuff. Yeah. And I only take like a 5% or 10%, um, royalty cut on the back end. So I'm not even, I'm not necessarily getting paid or anything. like I'm, I might be making a few bucks, you know, like, yeah, just enough bucks. to keep the lights on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like most of my income is from strawberry girls, you know, mm-hmm. like touring, um, or just my solo music. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the label thing is just like a passion project kind of thing. I'm just trying to help people. And it's mainly if people like reach out to me and want to be a part of it, you know, right. Um, I'm not necessarily actively like, on the hunt for new talent. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I don't have much to offer unless you're like a local band where I'm at and I can record you and produce right. you, you know, yeah, yeah. which is like, could be, you know, instead of having to go to another studio and drop like five grand, mm-hmm. you know, all I can record and produce you for super cheap. Right. Uh, or I just Location take like, is uh, convenient. Yeah. Or I'll just mm-hmm. take like a royalty split or something like that. So right. there's no like upfront cost. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Um, is there any one thing you would like to talk about that didn't come up organically? I have ADD, and so do most of the people I talk to. So we tend <laughs> to go all over the place, and sometimes people forget. They're like, "Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about this thing, but got distracted by Dexter." <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I can just say I'm you know actively working on music every day. I go out in my studio and I just working on all these different music projects I have and I'm trying to get music out. Um, the new strawberry girls record is, um, pretty much my main focus right now. I'm trying to get these songs out, but we're kind of taking a different approach. We're going to be just releasing songs as singles, mm-hmm. um, until eventually we have a, a bunch of songs out and then we're just going to release all the album. Yeah. Pretty much like give them a home, you know? Okay. Um, just cause, in our experience, like singles get more attention and more streams. And yep. it's like, why not do that? You know, cause if we just drop a record, there's songs at the end of the record that no one hardly listens to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I'd rather make every song, like give every song the attention it deserves and, and, uh, and release it as like, you know, a singular piece of art, mm-hmm. have people appreciate it and then keep doing that 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> You could pull the old, uh, I believe John Mayer did it in a couple years ago. His last album, he released it in four parts. It was just like oh, cool. four EPs. It was like three songs, three songs, three songs. That's kind that of cool. A- like, yeah, I honestly, I like being able to like have smaller pieces like that that are easily digestible. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to sit down for an hour and listen to the whole record. Like you can just listen to like, you know, four song EP in like yep. 15 minutes or whatever. And, and I hated it. Like I hated it at first. Cause I'm, I'm a huge John Mayer fan, but like once the album dropped and like, I got the album, I was like, bro, I already know all these songs. Like this yeah. is, 
that, okay, good move, John Mayer. I see what you did. All right. You, <laughs> you, you good, fam. You good. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, like with Ultraviolet, I wasn't even necessarily planning on dropping an album. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. on my radar at that point. I was just like, oh, I want to start like making songs and stuff. And then, you know, I dropped Love Spell. I dropped, what did I drop next? Destiny, I think. Destiny, then, like, Pixel Fairy. Fairy. Yeah. And then eventually I kind of had all these songs. And I was like, oh, I could just like, Put them all together and just like mm-hmm. make an album. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how Ultraviolet came about. Hell yeah. Um, eventually, when you do get big and famous, um, I definitely would like some physical presses of that uh, Ultraviolet. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had people message me and they're like, you know, do you have any CDs or whatever? Or like, mm-hmm. when, are, when are you going to print stuff? I'm just like, I don't know. Like, all that stuff is expensive, you know? Yes, it and is. It's, it's hard to save up money especially when you have like other bills like rent yeah all that and, good stuff you know yeah. like, and your your big main income is literally shut down so yeah 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 i mean i am doing those hoodies this year um just because the offered like it just kind of happened naturally like i've been going through all my gear and just getting rid of stuff that mm-hmm. i don't use anymore yeah so i was surprised with like how m- i've been selling stuff on reverb and um I was surprised, like I made a pretty good chunk of money from just mm-hmm. this gear that I don't even use anymore. And so I'm like, oh, I could like, you know, invest it into like some merch. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have been wanting merch and I've never had any merch. <laughs> um, so, and then I came up with the design. I had my friend draw it and stuff mm-hmm. and it just kind of happened. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then hopefully I want to make CDs and stuff. It's just like, you know, I got to save up some chunks of money to like invest in that and then hopefully you make it back, you know. Or you could just do it the old fashioned way and just burn a bunch of CDs and scribble <laughs> all the songs on the thing. Hey, that might be cool now, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, you could probably sell it for big for Buku money. Just be like, yo, <laughs> hashtag MySpace era boy, come get these CDs. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to have something, you know, from an artist that you really like that it's like, oh, they like, handmade this and like oh, yeah. wrote on wrote on mm-hmm. the cd and like it's kind of a cool thing nowadays yeah. you know I'd, I'd be down for that all right i want to well, do a floppy disk release a floppy <laughs> bro i don't even know how to use a floppy disk i don't even have anything that would play with. i would have to like buy like little floppy disk like uh adapters or whatever to like to usb <laughs> sell those with a floppy disk and it would only be like one song because or super lo-fi because a floppy disk can only hold like one megabyte or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like the adapter from floppy disk just to like a USB would be more expensive than the floppy oh, yeah. disk itself. I mean, I've had that idea for years now. And I remember I went on eBay and I was trying to find like floppy disk adapters and they're like mm-hmm. 15, 20 bucks or something. Damn. So yeah, it would be like a lot of money to pay for like potentially like one song or something <laughs> to listen on the floppy disk like, <laughs> it'd be it'd be a unique thing though it'd be like bro i got a ben rosette floppy disk but like is he that old like no 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 he's not he's not bringing it back yeah. <laughs> all right well ben i believe we have reached the end of the episode well, so man, thanks for having me appreciate yeah, it i am super stoked super stoked that you were uh so gracious enough to give me some of your time before yeah, i let you go we got a few things we're going to do. First of all, I'm going to let you plug whatever it is you want to plug. Plug all your social medias. Where can people find and follow everything that is Ben Rosette? Yeah. Um, 
main, I'm mainly active on Instagram these days. So just mm-hmm. at Ben Rosette. Um, I mean, I use Facebook a lot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just search my name. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's the Spirit Vision Records YouTube channel. And you can find a bunch of like live uh, performances from various math rock bands and stuff. Um, so that's fun to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else? Oh, yeah, I guess just follow me on Spotify and wait for my new music to come out. <laughs> <laughs> and be sure or to listen to my up. old music. Yeah, or listen to his old stuff. Um, uh, you can find us, Toon Junkies Podcast, on Facebook at Toon Junkies Podcast, on Twitter, Toon Junkies Pod, on Instagram, Toon Junkies Podcast. I know Nick isn't here, nor was he here at any point during the episode, but you, his Instagram is pulp.nickson and his Twitter is make Dameron sure. I think I got those right. So is, is Nick. Uh, I'm just out of the loop. Is Nick your co-host? Yeah, I've got two co-hosts. Nick Dameron, who is the OG. Me and him started this with us. And then we've got another co-host. Her name is Lex. She's my best friend. She's going to be, if she listens to this, she's going to be super thrilled that I gave her a shout out because <laughs> I normally don't talk about her just because I know it upsets cool. her. And then the last thing we do for the Toon Junkies podcast is we go through our, whatever streaming platform you use, and we talk about what artists have you been listening to lately? Oh, let's see i have to pop open my spotify really quick yeah, um honestly like a lot of the time i'm just like reviewing my own mixes and stuff so that's like if i'm gonna <laughs> Making you know sure like it sounds good. If i listen to music yeah if i'm in the car or something and i usually put on a mix to like mm-hmm. hear how it sounds yeah uh, but aside from that let's see what have i been listening to um i've just kind of been listening to the released radar Mm-hmm. Spotify. Let's see what's good on here. Um, uh, why is this always such a hard question? Like, I have <laughs> listened to like the new Interval songs are sick. Um, uh, the Reign of Kindo um, dropped a new song. I like. I don't know who else. that is, but that name is fucking awesome. The Reign They're of Kindo. There, I've I've been yeah. The Reign of Kindo. Yeah, and. They're my airpod bed. Um, let me switch this audio. Oh, you're good. Hi, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, my airpods bed. Um, I've been listening to the Reign of Kindo for a long time, and they're kind of a mix of like kind of progressive rock, math rock, with like some jazz, kind of Latin influence and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, okay. They do have vocals, but it's like. Kind of poppy, progressive math rock kind of stuff. It's cool. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to give like a good like shout out to something I've been listening to lately, but mainly it's been like I've been working on the new Strawberry Girls and stuff, so I'm just listening to stra- like my own band. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, say yeah, yeah. yeah, I've just been listening to my own band. Like, <laughs> Thanks for the input, Kanye. <laughs> um, let me look at my... Uh, I have a playlist on Spotify called ben rosette's favorites and it's like whenever i hear a song that i just fall in love with i mm-hmm. add it to that playlist. so there's a lot of good stuff in there. there's like over 500 songs on there oh but, damn. Uh, it's definitely a fun playlist um oh the new ty dollar sign record i've been listening to that okay that song, post malone called spicy i really mm-hmm. like that. um there's a bunch of other cool songs in there um i was listening to uh, the kid Leroy for a while. His song, mm-hmm. super sick. Um, 
that new Anderson Pack song called Jewels. Nice. Really. Um, oh, one of my favorite artists, Wave Racer. Yeah. He just a new song called Higher, which is really good. Um, so yeah, just a bunch of different stuff. Uh, oh yeah. I don't. I haven't really been listening to like full records. You know, I don't. I haven't really had the time to just sit down and listen to a full record. Um, I'd like to, but yeah. It's all right. My Spotify is all over the place. I it's most of the time it's like playlists, and I'll just it'll be a song here, song there, song wherever. Um, other than the fact that uh, I've been, I spent probably about four hours listening to your stuff today. Oh, nice. Um, I uh, I was listening to the Almost today. Oh, nice. Uh, let me see. And then there was um, the Juliana Theory, the yeah, specific – bro, specifically the album Love. I can't get enough of that fucking album. I love that album so much. I think my favorite album by them is – I think it's called uh, August and Bethany. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I believe so. It's like so nostalgic for me. Bro, there's I love that band so much. Yeah. Um, And then a lot of uh, – it was Alexis on Fire and The Used – Alexis on Fire was like one of my favorite bands. Like mm-hmm. they're self-titled and Watch Out are like two of my favorite records. Bro, yes. All right. Well, that's um and then of course uh uh still been on a teenage wrist kick lately and a big Aerosmith kick lately. So uh, oh and shout out to Point North. If you uh, listen to Point North, uh everybody go listen to their song Gasoline. It's like my favorite song at the moment. So check that out. What kind and, of music? Um, it's like a pop punk, nice. for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I went through a huge pop punk phase growing up. I mean, even yeah, before I got into hardcore, it was like pop punk. You know, like that seems yeah. about right. That's so, normally the transition. <laughs> like some forty one melancholy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> all right. Um, <laughs> All right, and then, so to close out this episode, we're going to be playing your song, Espion. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, Espion, that was kind of a song that just came to me, like, super quickly. Like, some songs I've been working on for, like, years, you know, mm-hmm. especially, like, on, on Booster Pack. Um, the first two songs are, like, demos that are recorded back when I was in Sarah Larson in like 2006 or something. And then they never got released. And mm-hmm. I found them recently on my hard drive. And I'm like, Oh, these are actually cool ideas. Like I'm going to re-record these. Um, so that, yeah, that became the Mandalorian and blue eyes, white dragon, Ooh, um, nice. which is kind of crazy that like those songs were just like sitting like, you know, who under- knows what else you have, Ben? I know exactly. all kinds of gold. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, Espion was just one of those songs where, like, I, I was working on other songs at the time, and then all of a sudden, like, I just came up with the riff, and it was just it just happened super quick. I'm like, oh, this is sick, and it just like kind of wrote itself almost. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I put like thought into it and stuff, but it was just like some songs I have sitting around for years because I can't think of anything else to add to them. Right. And then eventually years later when I do, then they get recorded and released. But Espion, it was like pretty quick. It was like, I came up with the idea, I recorded it on my phone and then maybe like, I probably started recording it like almost instantly. Cause I was so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just like a song that just came out of nowhere. And I, have just been going with that Pokemon theme, so I named it Espion because I'm doing like all the evolution. 
Yep, I was gonna say there's a your. I have a feeling he's gonna do one for every Eevee, and I'm not it, mad about it. <laughs> start as that actually, like I was just like, uh, what was the first one? Vaporeon, I think. Yep. It's yeah. like Vaporeon's one of my favorite Pokemon, um, especially like playing Pokemon Go and stuff. That was like that's, that's fun to me. I think uh, Jolteon is on holographic. Yeah. And then Flareon is on. Is Flareon on booster? Uh yes. Okay. And um, what was the uh? Why am I blanking right now? Uh, uh there's a Vaporeon, Jolteon, Flareon, Umbreon. So Vaporeon was the first one that mm-hmm. came out on Genesis, and I just named it that because I liked the name and I liked the. <laughs> So I was like, oh, this is cool. But then it wasn't until I started doing like, and then Jolteon was kind of the same thing. I'm like, oh, Jolteon's like a cool Pokemon and I like the name. But it didn't really like correlate with the song necessarily, like the sounds. But then I started being like, oh, like if I name this next one like Flareon, like I want it to have like some Flareon sounds in it, you know, and like make it the Flareon song or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Espeon. Oh, yeah, Espeon came first before Flareon. And then. Yeah, actually, I didn't. I haven't mentioned this, but um, I'm releasing Umbreon. What is that? At, on Black Friday. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Super excited about that one because, like, oh man, this one was a hard song to tackle. Like, just the mix like took me forever to get right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just like some songs come easy, and some songs like you gotta put, really put in the work um, mm-hmm. to get it right. So I've been working on Umbreon, and I haven't like really said anything about it i don't know why i just kind of kept it on the dl but um i've been working on it for a few months now so i'm excited to like be done with it <laughs> bro everyone forget thanksgiving we're all just focusing on black friday now because we're ready for umbreon hell yes <laughs> and i still need to like record a video for it because i played every instrument on the song so i want to make a video where i can i want to do like a clone video where it looks like i'm in the same room with myself like playing all the instruments a band of bends so that's yes. cool. like i'm gonna try <laughs> to make that happen hell yeah. yeah well i am super excited for all your future endeavors i can't wait to hear more of your music strawberry girls tajane yeah i'm super excited thank you for coming on the show Everybody on the Tune Junkies podcast is a big fan, mainly because I've been chewing their ears off about you for the past <laughs> several years. Um, uh, I think I think that's everything that I wanted to say. So, um, well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And cool. let me know in the future if you ever want to do another one. I'd be happy oh, to. Bro, hell yes. This has been a Tune Junkies podcast, and my name is Chris, and we will see you on the next episode. Hell yeah. <laughs>